It's time to talk about Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. And now, here's Ira. My guest is country artist Sam Riddle, who has something special planned for its fans in Las Vegas. He'll perform at the Space LV this Saturday, September 3rd, with Tailgate at 6.30 and the show at 8 p.m. This event is in support of Vegas Strong Charitable Foundation, which helps raise awareness for transitional housing foster care kids that age out of foster care, and veterans as well. For ticket information for both the venue and live stream, Go to the spacelv.com and for everything about Sam Riddle, go to samriddle.com and you can follow him on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And Sam, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So you start out in Missoula, Montana, you move at an early age to New York, and now yeah. you're surrounded by Broadway, but you're a country artist. So can you explain that convoluted journey to us? Yeah, I mean, you know, I... I was just really exposed to a lot of amazing things, you know, growing up between my dad's, you know, mu music career and acting career. And my mom worked for Neil Simon on Broadway when I was a kid. And and uh, my uncle was a just a big time, you know, player in the, you know, producing and, and composing scene in New York City, you know, whether it was Broadway or whatever. I was just exposed to a lot of things, you know, and um, my childhood there was a lot of that stuff going on, but when I found sports, that kind of gave me like my own thing and that kind of took over. So music was always there for me to escape to. And, and it was always an amazing thing. And, you know, I was playing basketball. That was the whole plan. I, I played D one. I was playing professionally. And, and, um, you know, this guy saw me play the piano this random night and, uh, couldn't believe that he was going to, pay me that much money to play the piano for him at his place. <laughs> and that kind of, you know, just to make a long story short, that next thing you know, this guy tries to get me to come to Vegas. And I came to Vegas a week later. I'm playing, you know, six to seven nights a week. I played piano on the strip back when there was pianos on the strip. <laughs> not DJ. This is before the whole this is before it became a big cruise ship, you know, <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> you know, if there was a, a classy place, you know, with a chandelier, like little lights on the tables and people were all dressed up. I was the dude in there playing piano and that went on. And next thing I knew, I hadn't touched the basketball in a couple of years. And I was just like, well, I guess I'm doing music now. So I kind of tried to figure out, if I'm going to do this, who am I going to be? Country music is one of those things. It's, you know, just a, a real mixture of a lot of things. And it's always evolved. But I saw it as a as a genre that I could really be myself in if I, if I really tried to find that. And I knew with the way I played piano and with all my influences and then the fact that country music allows me to tell stories. I just thought it was a perfect fit for me, and I thought I could represent my family and, and uh, represent where I'm from and, and be able to really impose like my life, all my experiences into 
the songwriting and um it just kind of was a perfect fit for me and uh, over all this time that I've been doing it um it's allowed me to also find myself as an artist and and really be real and that seems to connect you know with people all over the world it's interesting from this point of view you could have been the next Tommy Toon but instead you're more more Johnny Cash than Tommy Toon you, you went from <laughs> well, you Broadway to, back to, to my show <laughs> come to my show there's a you know I'm definitely you know I'm dancing a lot more than uh other country artists so i mean i guess there's some tommy tune still going on <laughs> and i i was able to see tommy tune when i was a kid and uh i believe he's probably about a foot taller than me and he's a tall guy <laughs> you know absolutely and he was he was just amazing but so i just i try to put all the influences that i've had throughout my life into what i do and um that's what's really cool about this new music i have coming out it's uh it's the beginning of and it's the closest thing that represents you know fully me and and kind of like what you would see when you come see me live one of the things i've struggled with is i've played so many you know i've been playing 2 300 nights a year for so many years and and everybody's like you know oh my gosh you got to see this guy but then when they would show people there was nothing online that represented or translated what i was doing so you know, it would be like, oh, well, you just got to go see him. So I just, I, I really made a conscious effort on this new music to try to make it so it had that same feel and um, a lot of different influences within the songs. And um, this is the closest I've come to doing that, which is exciting. But yeah, as long as I stay real and I've stayed myself and I try to put all these things that I've experienced in my life into what I do, especially live, um, it seems to have really struck a chord. I've heard a lot of people talk about the live performance rather than just seeing you in, in other media, and there is mm -hmm. a big difference. And so yeah. here's the thing, though. You were talking about finding yourself. It still fascinates me because you moved from Missoula to New York, but then you moved back. But all that experience you had in New York how did you, I'm still trying to put that part in my head. And then you yeah, went to that Vegas. Was a, that was a rough time. Yeah. But how did, how did you end up focusing on country music as the key to your true self? I didn't want to be somebody that was writing ringtones, you know, like, <laughs> I wanted to, you know, I wanted to, I had a lot of things to say. Country music, you know, allowed me to, I can still, it's just life. You know, a lot of the things people are going or dealing with or experiencing in Montana, they're experiencing those things in Queens too. And that's what's cool about my show. I mean, you see the 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 people from Compton <laughs> sitting with the people from Iowa. And we all of us feel like we grew up together. So, you know, it's that's what I've really realized about being all the places I've been, is that we're all going through the same stuff. And just our scenery is a lot different. That's a good way to put it. You're you're sort of like the coal miner's son. <laughs> the way I see it. Yeah, now, you, yeah. you, you mentioned your dad. He had his band is the Mission Mountain Wood Band. Yeah, they were amazing. Was he surprised at the direction you took in your choices, your career, and your desire to really speak with an authentic voice? Um, no. You know, he's if. 
if you, it just all made sense, really. You know, the whole journey has, has made sense. The only thing he's mad at me for is quitting baseball because that was my <laughs> best sport. Because <laughs> he's, he's still to this day is convinced that I would have been, you know, shortstop for the Mets, you know. But, uh, you know, other than that, it just all kind of makes sense. You know, he, he always told me the easiest money I'd ever make was playing the piano. And uh, I never really knew what he meant until I saw it. I was like, man, I can't believe this. But he was right about that. And uh, when did, you know, How old just, were you when you first started to play the piano? It is the first thing I remember doing. You hear stories in the family. Oh, he was playing it too, you know. <laughs> but, I mean, who knows when I really started playing. But my earliest memories in life, I was playing the piano. And it just kind of always came to me. If I, if I heard it, I could play it. I'd get a, in a lot of trouble when my uncle was showing me stuff. He'd want me to look at the music. And I was just watching his hands. And so, so I never really had any formal training. It's just, uh, I just, it was always just something I could feel. And still to this day, I mean, my band knows if you don't have the right feel, I, I don't know what to play. It's all feel. It all comes from inside of me. So. You know, moving back to Missoula, Montana from New York in seventh grade, I mean, middle school kids are already mean, you know, <laughs> it was definitely a huge change. But, you know, and this is before YouTube and all that stuff. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I'm like from another planet to these kids, <laughs> you know, so... You know, but it, it just um, it ended up being amazing because, uh, you know, being able to live out there and breathe that air is so inspiring. And it was just as inspiring as it was for me to be a kid in New York City going to Broadway openings every week. You know, this is back when my parents were allowed. To, they took me everywhere. If we walked into an after party at some bar, my dad would say either stay right next to him or disappear <laughs> and you know i would usually disappear because there was always a piano player in the corner smoking a cigarette and that's where i hung out but did you pick up the habit just, of the cigarettes as well oh heck no okay good no way i can't stand that but, uh, <laughs> just the habit of the piano i was yeah. thinking you could combine both passions if you learned to play the piano with baseball gloves uh, hey man I mean, some nights it feels like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, it sounds like you've had such a varied background between Montana, New York, and then Las Vegas, and then you leave and you come back again. So it's it's a nice little mix. In fact, Montana you came back to, and Las Vegas you came back to. So in both, Missoula you came back to, and Las Vegas you came back to. It's a nice mix. Well, Las Vegas has been absolutely amazing to me since the day I got here it has allowed me to figure this thing out. And the reason why, when I, when I decided to do the country thing, I knew that I was going to do it differently than what was going on. And because I had known Vegas from playing the piano seven nights a week for four years, I kind of knew like, you know, how to hustle and get, you know, get a gig. But little did I know that it was going to start immediately in showrooms and never end like that, you know? So I was very fortunate, but I knew I was going to do it different. And I knew that it would, 
it would be, you know, I, I knew it was going to be special, you know, without even ever doing it before. And, um, you know, it just kind of fit. And, and Vegas has given me, I wanted to do it out of Vegas. Everybody's like, go to Nashville. I was like, no, I'm going to do it from here. I want to do it from the place that's been good to me, number one. Number two, where else in the world can I make a, a living and play on big stages with lights and sound and in front of people from all over the world? Nowhere. I mean, this is the greatest for that. And you get a stigma playing in Vegas, you know, a Vegas entertainer, right? But what I've managed to do, which is, I believe, a really rare thing, is I've stayed an artist the whole time. You know, I've never, I've never, even though we, even when we played a bunch of covers to fill five hours, you know, at a casino, I make those, I've made, I play a lot of my stuff. And when we do covers, I do them the way I want to do them. You know, so it's always been an original thing. And that's always really stuck with people. And, and um, I've just never conformed. I've tried to always, especially when people have come along and I see people trying to emulate it or copy stuff, that helps me know that, I, okay, I got to go somewhere else now. It's helped me evolve, helped me to constantly grow. And in, in those times, you know, finding myself as an artist and being comfortable enough to truly be myself, you know, and not feeling like I got to twang and talk about bailing hay all day when really <laughs> i've just been dribbling a basketball you know <laughs> well so, it's a, it's a tricky little thing too because on the one hand you're trying to express yourself artistically but you also have to succeed commercially and mm -hmm. that's not always an easy fit for a lot of performers and writers etc right. creative people and so you're, well, you're yeah, making, yeah it's you're, very important though to to stay yourself you know, or find who you are, because if you are being real, people will believe that. And it doesn't matter. The commercial stuff will come. You know, I, I always knew that the live thing I always had, you know, and I could keep doing that forever and I could always make a living doing that. So I was able to have time to develop and figure it out and realize that the commercials will come to me. The minute I try, when I'm trying to be something to fit in commercially, that's when everything goes haywire. And the ones that have been lucky enough to make it doing that, I feel bad for them because they got to put on that facade for the rest of their life. You're right. You know, and they don't know who they are. And those people end up going crazy. You know, when you look at your music and you see yourself as a country artist, there's old country and there's new country and there's newer country. And mm -hmm. do you put your, I'm going to, you may have more than two feet, but do you put one foot in old country and one foot in new country and another foot in newer country and another mm -hmm. foot in what you, Sam Riddle, want to do? How does that all work for you? I definitely have made sure now to not, I don't even want, like when I'm working with people like an engineer to make my music, I say, do not think about country music. Just do what I'm asking you to do. I don't even want to call this country the whole time I'm here. You know, all along, everything that I've put out, it's, I really consider them all demos because they're all, you know, just quick things that I did in somebody's basement. And with the amount of money that I had at the time to, or say I had a couple of days off, 
you know, <laughs> it's like, and they've never, I mean, I've always really liked them at the time, but it's always rushed. It's always like, is this, you know, does this really represent me at this time? And sometimes the song is there, but the production is not there or the production's there. The song's not there. And I just, again, with this new stuff, I made a conscious effort to, number one, work with people who know me and know, hey, when I say let's go all the way there, they're like, oh, okay. Like, they know that I can go all the way there. And I don't have to explain to them when they're not putting me into a box like everybody else has all along. I'm a huge fan of older country music, um, 90s country, you know, Waylon, all the way back to Waylon and Merle and, and all those guys. That's my favorite stuff. But there's something to be said about some things that have been put out all along. Like every now and then there's something that's like blows me away. And um, but I just try not to do what anybody else is doing, you know. And again, that comes in. We're all unique every single one of us and if i'm doing what everybody else is doing why would they pick me this kid that's out in vegas you know i'm not in this to be number two you know i want to be the one because every time somebody breaks through if they actually do what they need to do and they they stick to it and they break through they end up trying to make a thousand clones of that of course yeah that's where it works unfortunately so so i mean I know what I have and, um, and the, and it's not cause of me, you know, cause it's not even about me. It's about everybody else. It's about the people and they know, and I just know if I stick to it and it breaks through, then that'll get me on Mount Rushmore. <laughs> and that's all I'm in it for. <laughs> when you look at it that way, is it a mix of touring and recording to make your dream come true? Or is it one more than the other? Or is it all just one aimed at the same goal? Well, it is. <laughs> if if people knew the truth of the business, right, it's all outside money. I mean, even a label, even the major labels are using outside money. So it's like, why would you even go with one of these guys when they're going to make all the money back? You know, it's just like, it's just a funny, funny business. And that people don't really know what's going on. So. With me, it was the reason why I've never really like pushed and went crazy on social media is because I always knew if I went out on tour and you put me everywhere, you put these guys, I knew that my social media would go crazy because you're playing for people that are on that and are influencers on that. When you're playing at Sunset Station, I mean, these these people probably still have MySpace. You know? <laughs> I mean, and if, you know, even though they loved it, who are they going to share with their ten, their 10 friends? You know? So I just kind of wanted to wait until I knew it was all together from top to bottom, even the music, that I felt comfortable knowing that this is different. And, um, and like, this is kind of like that time. That's why I've recently, you know, I recently decided to, stop playing, you know, the lounges and, and doing that. There's some contracts I still have to fulfill throughout the year, but I'm trying to force the headliner only. 
and uh and the ticketed shows only because you know it's just at that time where of course i want everybody to see me for free but i can't be doing these lounge things because it doesn't matter how good i am I'm, I'm getting stuck into a box you know with all that so yeah touring would help you know and getting to as many people live that is the goal so yeah touring touring is the goal because i want to reach as many people as i possibly can and i know that the live thing is the thing right but in order to get there i need to strike a chord with something that isn't before they see me and i feel like this is music that's coming out to you know that uh i don't have to explain i think it's i think it speaks for itself and then when they see cuz there's no, i'm never going to make anything that's going to compare to the live show it's yeah i just i don't even know how to do that and uh hopefully i do i, I shouldn't say never cuz i hate that <laughs> word but um i'm going to still strive for that but this stuff speaks for itself and um and hopefully that will you know help us you know, make that transition where when people do, because it's not like we haven't toured a lot. It's just that when we tour, people think that they're getting that, you know, the those four hours with the sets and, you know, yeah, playing a bunch of my stuff. But, you know, it's like I, I need to get it to where we're going to do a Sam Riddle concert and there, there may be an opening act, you know, and sure, I want to play three hours, but I'm going to play three hours because I feel like it. We're coming there to do an hour and a half of the greatest show that we could possibly do and of of me. And, um, you know, I just have to force that at this point in time because it is time. Now, the show you're going to be doing at The Space on September 3rd, it's for the Vegas Strong Charitable Foundation. Is, yes. Tell us a little bit about that, but also about the show there that night. Is it going to be a special show? and? Totally different from what you what you normally do, or or some additions to what you normally do. Well, obviously, I mean, it's going to be. It, the only thing that's different is it's going to be all. We, I mean, I might throw one or two covers in there, maybe, you know, but it's going to be a concert. Like if you were going to go see so and so at T Mobile, they're not going to sit there and and play for an hour and then say, hey, "Okay, we'll be right back." You know, <laughs> it's like. You know, they're doing their concert. So it's just the beginning of this new era of just when you go see Sam Merle, you're going to see Sam Merle concert. I will have an opening act, Paige Overton, who I absolutely love. She's super talented. Um, she'll do an acoustic set before we play. And, um, you know, anything I ever do in Vegas, I try to involve something that I can do locally. So when I met these people that, have the Vegas Strong Charitable Foundation. It was a perfect fit. They, what they do for kids and what they're trying to get done with vets. I mean, that's I mean, that's two of my biggest things I'm about, you know. So they uh, they transition these foster kids into, you know, with life skills and get them with mentors and jobs and and apartments and teach them how to run their finances and you know all these things that will really give them a, a leg up on, you know, having the best life that they can, you know, or, you know, at like 18, you know, cause once they turn 18, they're out and it's like, they're on their own. 
and they've been in this system and it's just like, man. So it's a really cool thing that I've partnered with these people. And uh, it's just so, it's so funny because, you know, part of the culture that, you know, one thing anybody that comes around us realizes that we have a real culture around what we're doing. And something that's part of that culture is the tailgate, you know, people getting there early and treating it like a football game. This may be a first for the space. Yeah, it definitely is. Because they were like, what? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's a great idea. Well, you know, because I know people, I know people are going to start getting there at like five. You know, they'll be barbecuing. There's going to be cornhole, music bumping. People, you know, a lot of country, a lot of my fans, they don't like buying these expensive drinks inside these places. So they like to party outside before they come in. And um, we're going to make sure we get, there's going to be a food truck. There's going to be a bar out there. There'll be merch for sale. I think they're trying to get a bunch of the foster kids to come and hang out. And, uh, you know, of course, me and the band will come out and say hi. And uh, it's, just, uh, it's just part of this culture that we're trying to show Vegas what we do when we go somewhere else. You know, Vegas is a weird place. It's like people don't want to drive five minutes, you <laughs> know, true. to... If I'm like, well, the, hey, I'm locals, the, lo- the locals won't, but uh, a lot of visitors yeah. will. So, <laughs> yes, they will. But the locals, man, it's like, oh, you're playing at sunset. Oh, I live in Summerlin. That's too far. <laughs> it's like, what? I used to have to drive an hour to get milk. You know, it's like, <laughs> or you <laughs> but, walked a mile. Uh, just, you walked a mile to your school when you know through yeah, the snow. Yeah, you know? uphill, <laughs> uphill both ways. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. But uh, they just, it's, it's just, I'm um, just trying to show Vegas, you know. Um, but, you know, my real fans that have been with me for a really long time, they know what it is. So they're going to be there, you know, showing the ropes to anybody new that we can bring along. And and then the show is just going to be, you're going to hear the new sound. That's for one. But it's going to make sense to everybody that's been following me because, again, <laughs> everybody, it, it all just makes sense. And it, it's just a new era, a new level. And, uh just uh, trying to up it a little bit. Obviously, you know, this is not going to be the show that has our lighting guy and our, it's, you know, we're going to, the space is an amazing place. And um, one of the things is they have a great crew, great sound, great, great lighting, great stage. And uh, they also have a five camera live stream shoot, which is one of the perks that I, I wanted people to be able to buy the live stream online. So, it's $30 to get in the show and it's $20 for the live stream. And again, if you come to the show, I know there's, there's going to be moments where that people will have the opportunity to make donations to the foundation as well. And um, I don't know. It's just, it's just one of those things where I'm just trying to kick off this new era. I wanted to do it in Vegas and I wanted it to also be in support of something that would mean a lot. So, you know, it's just all came together. The other thing I want to say was, it's crazy because September 3rd is also National Tailgating Day. Which <laughs> That's I, perfect. Which I, yeah, I did not know. And, and uh, you know, one of the people that we're working with is from National Day Calendar. And um, the fact that they told us it was National Tailgating Day, I was like, what are the odds of that? Well, that's a great way to leave it. My guest has been country artist Sam Riddle. He'll be performing this Saturday, September 3rd, with the tailgate at 6.30 and the show at 8 p.m. This event is in support of Vegas Strong Charitable Foundation. For ticket information for both the venue and live stream, go to thespacelv.com. And for everything about Sam Riddle, 
Go to samriddle.com and you can follow him on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And Sam, thanks for being on the show. Hey, it was great. Thanks for having me. See you next time. You've been listening to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. Yeah.